police in the morning. A tale of madness and devotion. In the eaves, the tunnels, the trap doors, and the back stairs of the Paris Opera House, someone is watching The Phantom of the Opera. This beautifully animated adaptation of the classic story brings a spine-chilling masterpiece to life for children of all ages. He's a man in love, but so hopelessly disfigured he must hide in the shadows behind a mask. He lurks in the maze of tunnels below the opera house where he worships the young diva, Christine, who sings like an angel in a tale of madness and devotion, bravery and horror that has audiences spellbound for generations. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie Bros. Your review B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Here we are. It's uh, the, the third week of June. June is the month of June, and we're doing Childhood Movies Month. Because school is out for the summer. And, uh, you know, we've done a movie that was from both our childhood. We did a movie from Paul's childhood. Now, this, this week, it's a movie from neither of our childhoods. The kids' animated version of Phantom of the Opera from 1987. I don't know how many people knew that existed, but yes, that is a thing. So you heard what the back of the VHS had to say. Let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. Paul, why don't you kick us off with the good things about this movie, the top? All right, then. For number three, the Phantom himself was pretty inter- a pretty interesting character. He was certainly evil and creepy, but he was, you know, also crafty, intelligent, and quite sympathetic in some ways, even if, like, a bit unhinged. Number two. The movie followed the story it was based off of quite faithfully. There, of course, were some creative liberties taken. However, nothing too major. Plus, according to some reviews I've read, it's the most most faithful adaptation of the original book that's ever been made. I mean, the opera is like actual opera and not like singing random like Andrew Lloyd Webber songs. So that's, you know, more faithful to the uh, original. Pretty much. And number one, the animated version of The Phantom actually looks pretty similar to the Lon Chaney version from the 1925 film, which is really awesome because that is an incredible film. For me, number three, The Phantom of the Opera is a very snappy dresser. I mean, I I love it. He's got this ruffled shirt and baby blue tuxedo. I just I want to steal it and wear it like as my everyday garb. Like, it's fantastic. Very classy. Number two, there was a surprising amount of death in this movie. For it being a kid's movie, especially produced by Just Four Kids, which, you know, was the same people that made Scamper the Penguin from last week. Like, the Phantom kills a cat. He hangs one person from a balcony and possibly kills countless more by dropping a fucking chandelier that explodes on the audience. I mean, death and destruction in a made-for-kids movie? Like... This is something I honestly don't see very often, especially when it's, like, purposefully done. No, no, you see, they just fainted. They were, they were okay. You just took them or to the, yeah, they took them to the nearest Poké Center and they were fine? They were, they were sent to another dimension. <laughs> Number one, the story is actually very well told. There's no filler. All the characters in the dialogue have a purpose. I mean, I... And normally when I'm watching a kid's movie, like, I expect songs and stuff and fluff and all this, like, things to make kids go, ooh and ah. But no, I mean, it was it was the story. And that was it. And 
actually, like, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. If you like Phantom of the Opera, you'll probably like this movie. So, let's get on to the bottom, Paul. What, what did you not like about this film? All right, so, the voice acting was not exactly the best. I wouldn't consider it terrible, but definitely not great. And that's not because everyone was so dramatic and over the top in their actions. I expected that, considering this movie is largely based off a play. However, this was just bad regardless of the reason. Number two, there are a lot of weird close-ups to people's faces and random zoom-outs. I'm pretty sure this was done so that they could keep using the same animations over and over again without anyone noticing. Either way, it was just... Awkward and annoying. I mean, it was low budget, and that's something common for animation. I mean, you just reuse things so people don't have to draw shit over and over. It is, but it was so obvious. And it's like, oh, here's another close-up to his eyes. Here, (laughs) did you see his eyebrow last time? It's exactly the same as it was before. (laughs) It was, uh, uh, it wasn't the best choice. It was undesirable. Exactly. And number one. Okay. So I get the Phantom has been living in this underground city for God knows how long, like, basically doing nothing. But how the hell did he manage to create all these, like, advanced machines and contraptions where, you know, you can press a button and suddenly you're flooding the place? He's, like, traps Raul and that other guy in, like, a giant oven. Like, I mean, I get he's some some weird-looking stalker whose, like, overly dramatic antics could be really annoying and unsettling at times, but with those kind of skills, he could have done more than just live underground and kidnap women. I mean, looks may be important, but they're not that important. He was, like, more suited to be a Batman villain than, like, you know, be in love with some singer. Exactly. He kind of, like, in the way he was dressed and his mannerisms, he reminded me of the Scarecrow from Batman the Animated Series, except he wasn't voiced by um, Herbert West. So for me, number three, the voice acting is terrible. Paul said he couldn't bring it to say terrible, but it, it's fucking terrible. All I mean, right. it's, it's very dry. It's very cut. It's just like, hello, I am in love with you. But I am not in love with you. We are only friends. And shit like that. Number two, the animation is very choppy. Like, you know, a, a normal video when I was making movies in my, like, high school career was like 24 frames per second and like these characters move like once every like second or two seconds so instead of it being like a fluid motion it's like like in one frame they're like fully standing still in the next frame they've got like one knee up and then in the next second they've got like another knee up and then like the third second they like are back to the first knee up it's 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 choppy it's and don't, it's, and don't forget this, the close-ups to like people's foreheads Number one, like Paul said, so the Phantom has technology way beyond the 1870s when this movie is set. He has automatic doors, room-sized ovens, and who knows what else. Like, if he weren't a hermit, he could have revolutionized the world. But no, his mom and dad couldn't give him love, and so they set the world back 200 fucking years. Thank you, shitty parenting. You fucked us so bad. We could have flying cars. We'd be motherfucking Jetsons by now. But no, just because you were like, "Uh, my baby's ugly, and don't get me wrong, there are some ugly babies out there, but you still need to love your babies. 
He's like Batman if instead of like, you know, leaving the theater and then his parents get shot. The parents are like, God, let's just dump this kid underneath the theater. And the parents just, they just left him at the theater and went home. Well, Paul and I both, uh, I think, mentioned the, the, the dialogue, the things that they say. So let's give ourselves a good old fashioned quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth. You tell us who had the better quotes. Paul, get us started. I'll have a great surprise for you. Don't be a tease. Stop trembling like an old woman. For the first time, a living woman kissed me and did not die. You don't need anyone to make a fool of you. Your lover revealed himself, did he? He's my faithful slave and sits by my side like a dog. I have been taking lessons for the last three months. You are a prisoner of love. Feast your eyes and clutch your soul on my cursed ugliness. That ends this episode of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie you'd like to leave below, or anything else you'd like to say about the movie, please leave it in the comments below. I think it's time we give this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale, 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 2 out of 10. I also gave it a 2 out of 10. The animated Phantom of the Opera is a surprisingly fun film to watch. It wastes no time with songs and dancing or fanciful costume changes. Its dialogue is straight to the point, and it wastes no time getting to the Phantom's infatuation with Christine. Sure, the animation and dialogue is a bit low quality and choppy, but it is an 80s made-for-kids film. It really keeps the dialogue simple, yet impactful for everyone. The Phantom goes above and beyond in the genius and drama categories. He built technology centuries beyond his time, as well as was ready, willing, and able to murder hundreds of people all at the same time. It actually is the only version of the Phantom of the Opera that did not have me sleep through any of it. And for that, I applaud. So I had seen parts of the animated adaptations of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, so... I wasn't really expecting much from the animated version of Phantom of the Opera. However, this, this adaptation managed to somewhat redeem the genre of animated adaptations as a whole. While the voice acting and awkward camera angles were somewhat off-putting, the story and plot progression were incredible and faithful to the source material. This certainly isn't the best version of the Phantom of the Opera ever made, but it certainly lived up to the name. I mean, to be honest, the only two versions I've seen have been the uh, the one from the 2000s. It's the musical version. It's like two and a half fucking hours long and the uh, the live stage production. And both of them I fell asleep in. I'm not sure it was because it was boring or because it was like my senior year of high school and I just stayed up till like one in the morning every day and went to school at 730. Yeah, I definitely... Like the 1925 version with uh, Lon Chaney better, but this was actually quite good. And for a kids' movie, it was definitely exceptional. It was it was quite deep and dark for a children's movie. I'm not I'm oh, yeah. not sure I would like expose this to a small child. Yeah, I mean it is Phantom of the Opera, so. But I think it's time we tell our friends how to drink away this flick, drink away this flick. So come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away this flick. Bum 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 bum. We'll give some drink games for this film, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time the Persian, the, the man in the turban, shows up, take a drink. Number two, every time Raul enters Christine's dressing room, take a drink. Number three, whenever the Phantom has glowing eyes, take a drink. Number four, anytime someone is singing, 
take a drink. And number five, of course, because it's a childhood movie month, every time something invokes a childhood memory, take a drink. Every time someone talks about love, take a drink. Every time the phantom is hiding behind something, take a drink. Every time someone mentions the ghost, take a drink. And every time someone acts in an overly dramatic fashion, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you can leave us a comment either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at bmoviebros.gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros. Follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros. My personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all our other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website bmoviebros.com. We have new shows each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links are added below. So we've come to the end of week th- four, three. Three, the third week of June. The one before four. And, uh, you know, let's rank the movies that we've seen so far. For me, at number three, The Adventures of Scamper the Penguin. I have no emotional attachment to it. It was not part of my childhood. Yeah, it's got cute penguins, but the songs suck. The sequels are fuckery. And, you know, it's, it, it's an okay movie. You're number, just a bad person. Number two, Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue. Yes, it fucks with your mind. Yes, it's horrible. Yes, it's insane. But it brings all those cartoon characters of the 80s together on screen. Like, I, it's fantastic in that way. Number one, The Phantom of the Opera, the animated version from 1987, it actually, like, tells a complete story. It's very straightforward. There's fucking murder in it. It's actually all around a fairly good and watchable film. Number three, I picked called Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue. Yes, I know it brought, a, brought together a bunch of cartoon characters from the 80s, but my God, I wish it hadn't. Number two, Scamper the Penguin. I have a lot of fond memories of this film, and while it may not have quite lived up to what I remember, it was still entertaining nonetheless, which leaves The Phantom of the Opera, the animated version, at number one. It was a, actually quite a good um, adaptation. I enjoyed watching it. Love the story. May not have had the best voice acting, and there were other problems with it. The fucking close-ups to their faces, like, which drove me nuts. But, I mean, it's Phantom of the Opera. It's a great story, and turned into an animation, it still managed to be good. So, next week is the final week of June. And uh, we're, you know, we visited Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, which is a movie from both of our childhoods. We visited Scamper the Penguin, which was from Paul's childhood alone. We visited Phantom of the Opera, which was from neither of our childhoods. Next week, we're going to delve into my childhood with the only movie that scared me enough to stop the movie and never finish it. The 1989 film Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. So wait, how old were you when you watched this? Like four or five? All right, so we're making up for, like, nearly 25 years of uh, trauma. Indeed. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more.